Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the world of John Wick is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps talking about it. That's right. It is full spoiler recaps where we are binging a new season of a show every week and chatting about it in full spoilery detail in one. That's right. Count them. One podcast. I'm Jess Sterling. Today we're discussing the Continental from the world of John Wick. And I'm joined here by my fellow twin assassin, Grace Leader. Grace, how are you? Gun, kick, kick, punch, kick, guns, kick. Explosion! That's right. That's John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we watched three episodes of this show. We watched full mini series. Three feature length movies, I believe. This is three episodes of PSRT all wrapped into one. Honestly, yeah. was this just a bait and switch to get me to watch mo- more movies, Grace? <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> Tricked ya. I mean, this is one where, so we had been looking at the calendar when we were going to sort of launch this project, Jazz, being full spoiler recaps. And at some point, I think Joshua, oh, you should do the Continental. You could do that. It's only three episodes. This is like, there's another show I've been also binging, like, because, like, we're going to jump into, like, a later season. Yeah. I'm, like, flying through that. I think it's, like, probably, like, this show is, like, 17 episodes of that other show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was a lot. Yeah. This yeah. was a lot. Um, For those of you, if you, if you want to check out that show before you listen to us spoil it for you, it's on Peacock if you want to watch yeah. it. There are three episodes. They vary in length. The final one is the longest. It is, uh, like, a feature-length film, one hour and 37 minutes. I remember exactly. Uh, one of them was, like, an hour and a half, and another one was, like, an hour. So We have 127, 120, 138. Oh, uh, okay. So, wow, the other one was over an hour, too. Yeah, so yeah. just prepare yourself. It's a lot. 
Um, it's a lot of cakey punchy. It's a lot of what you would expect from something that is coming from the world of John Wick, I would assume. Um, but before we dive into all of that, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, posterrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps. That is where you can find us. You can also search full spoiler recaps, poster recaps in your podcatcher of choice. And if you want to see everything we're covering, which is a lot, we're covering a lot right now. I know everybody was like, oh, the strike, we're not going to be covering much. Uh, nay, I say to you, we are still covering so much. Pusherrecaps.com slash subscribe is a way to go and see everything that we're covering um, on our website there. And uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe those actors, like, make sure you get a really good deal. Like, if you need to extend that strike for a little bit longer to give us here at Pusher a little bit of a break, like, get a really good deal. Like, like get an excellent deal. For the yeah. Don't, don't negotiate. <laughs> don't budge. No compromise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some really good deals going. Um, so, yeah, that is that is what we have to say up at the top. And uh, we're, we're going to spoil this pretty heavily. So, you might yeah. want to skedaddle on out of here if you haven't seen uh, the, the show yet. But yeah, this is apparently a prequel type of prequel series, a spinoff of the John Wick franchise, which Grace, I know you're pretty familiar with. I believe on Pusher Recaps Theater, you all covered the most recent John Wick movie. Is that correct? John Wick 4. We certainly did. I will not be spoiling any of those movies. I'll, I'll, obviously, there's stuff that, you know, you you don't need, I, you know, you don't need to know. I think, Jess, you haven't watched any of the John Wick movies. No, I've correct? not seen a single one. Yeah, I think this would be one of the things that's actually pretty fun about this project is I feel like most weeks there's a chance that neither one of us have watched, if, especially if it's something, this is a good opportunity for us to hit some shows that maybe we haven't covered on Post Show Recaps before mm -hmm. because of the way that the show releases. Um, I know there's some stuff, you know, on our calendar currently that, you know, it's it's kind of well into its run. And just like, it's not the type of show we would typically cover. Like it doesn't need episodic coverage every episode and right. so you and i'll be able to jump in but i do feel like we're either going to get this thing where like one of us has familiarity with maybe not not just like that specific show but like the genre of the show i imagine we're going to watch some stuff that like oh i would have never picked this to be on my tv but like certainly you might have um and then the other one is like when we don't have that when neither of us when we're completely in the dark we're going to bring on guests to to be like to be our experts to to help us out so I think this is a fun one to start with because, yeah, it, it does presuppose, I guess, this idea that like you have like they put from the world of John Wick, albeit after Colin, in the title of the show. But I'm interested before I explain, like, did you feel lost in terms of like things that were happening on the show? I will say there were times where I felt like if I knew the world of John Wick certain characters certain set pieces maybe would have gotten elicited more like gasps shock awe from me i think that i was a little lost but i don't know that knowing john wick would have helped yeah. in that regard like yeah. i think the problems that i have with this as a mini series have nothing to really do with my unfamiliarity with john wick and more to do with the storytelling and just the overall product as it was released you know it's funny because I actually think the only thing it's really missing from being a John Wick type movie, which I kind of said to you as I was watching episode one, I did have some deaths. I was like, uh oh, is this like are they, these are long? Are they going to like they're very actiony? I felt like yeah. the beginning dragged a little bit like spoilers yeah. for how I feel about the show. I thought they got so much better as they went on. And I actually do feel like the only thing it was missing and why I think that the beginning didn't work because I think the thing it's missing from the world of John Wick is a John Wick figure. And so oh, okay. 
John Wick in the where we start the movies and it's like pretty famous. So I don't, you know, if you're going to watch it, you're going to get this within like the first 20 minutes of the movie. But he is a retired, basically hitman. Um, okay. People in this world, these are all like the world of contract killings and like criminal enterprises mm-hmm. and and the Continental. It's the most important thing about it in the John Wick movies is that it's a place where you can go where it is a safe haven from any business taking place. You can't kill anybody in the Continental. You're not even allowed to like try to kill. Oh, anybody. so like all the assassins are just having big slumber parties. That's right. That's right. Fun. But okay. Kind of that you like see someone that you hate and you want to kill and you're not a lap because the. Rules but instead, are... you get a drink with them and you just have right. a little little kiki, a little chat. That's right. But the thing of John, so so. Um, Winston Scott, when we meet him in the John Wick movies, he mm-hmm. runs the Continental. So it makes sense that this is the ah. like backstory to basically how does he get this job, right? How does he wind up being as part of the Continental? So I, mm-hmm. that's pretty big context, I think, for you to not have. Yeah. But <laughs> the, what I think is so fun about the John Wick movies is John Wick himself. And it's, it's, it's Keanu Reeves, but it's a central figure who is like, by the time we meet him, he is actually retired. He's out of the business. Um, and mm. then I'm trying to remember if in the first week, the big thing is that he has a dog and his dog dies. <gasps> I know it's so oh. sad. It's so sad, but that <laughs> basically propels. So his wife has already died before the start of the movie, which like got made him get a puppy retire and go like be, be oh, by himself. Right. Relatable. I know. And then they, they try to kill him and they kill Scott and it like, launches him back into the world and so okay. the thing about john wick is that he's like super super capable fighter he's like the best he's he's right. known as baba yaga um which if you're familiar with like folklore is mm-hmm. um you know oh, this evil witch so he has that nickname you know and he's so capable and good and he has to like facilitate this like underworld criminal you know killing for yeah. hire thing in a way that I thought was like, that's what I felt like was missing from the beginning of the show was like, I don't yeah. mind Winston, but he doesn't, he doesn't come across as like, he's like, Keanu Reeves will like fight a million people and like win. And that's not really what I yeah. get from Winston. So it's a no, little bit of a different vibe. Winston yeah. is not the most capable fighter in this group and that's okay. Yeah. But like, to your point, I feel like in like three sentences, you got me super invested in John Wick as a character. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like this show it took almost the entirety of three episodes. And even by then I was still like, eh, but do I care that much? Not really. Yeah. Um, and so that is where I think this, this falls flat compared to what sounds to me like the John Wick movies really excels at, which is you're really invested in John Wick, the character. I totally. never felt that way about, especially about Winston, who, yeah. if anybody knows me, my dog's name is Winston. So they true. already had me. They had me like true. 20% of the way there by the name alone. And so uh, I mean, you know, the actor, Colin Waddell, I mean, not a bad looking guy. So that yeah. you got a little bit of like 5% yeah. more investment. Yeah. But I just felt like the other 75% just wasn't there. Um, Wait, also, did you say 75% and then 5%? No, 25%. And then 75. I was like, um, where's the other 20? Can I also just say, <laughs> uh-huh. I was a little bit jaded because the last time I saw Colin Waddell, Waddell yeah. he was in The Flight Attendant. Oh, is he in, was he in, uh, I'm searching he, just Winston on Google, but. Um. Yeah, no, he is in The Flight Attendant and doesn't play the nicest of guys. Okay. And so I was a little bit jaded from that as well because I that's how I remembered him was like, oh, right. you're bad. You're a bad guy. Um. And yeah, so anyway, 
I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe we should dispense with the niceties and just get down to the quick plot recap. We'll tell yeah. everyone what they missed if they didn't watch all three episodes of this mini series. And then we'll, we'll chat some more about it after that. How's yeah. that sound? Sounds good. I've done my best to make this a quick plot recap. We watched three feature length films, as I said. So. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot here, I think. Okay. So basically, as kids, Frankie and Winston Scott are raised by Cormac O'Connor. That's um, a Mel Gibson. Uh, and he's the current manager of the Continental. In the Continental game, safe haven from business, hired killing. As kids, Winston and Frankie set an apartment on fire, but learned that there are people inside. This is a pretty uh, important moment. Trauma. We actually find out about it. Like We get more details as the episodes go on, but that's pretty important. So in the in the present day of the show, which is actually the 1970s, an alternate universe, New York, Frankie steals from the high table. The high table is a group that oversees the business. Jess. Mm -hmm. Cormac kidnaps Winston from London, brings him to New York. He's looking for answers about where Frankie is. He does not provide them. So then Cormac has Winston followed. Winston goes to see Lou and Miles, who are gun runners who run a dojo. Um, Miles helps Winston find his brother and also Frankie's wife, Yen, but they are attacked by Cormac's men. They're chased to a helicopter, uh, and the pilot and Yen are both wounded, and Frankie gives himself up, knowing that, like, they are only trying to find me, so I'm going to give myself up. He is shot by these people known as the twins, Hansel and Gretel. Maybe my favorite part of the, of all three <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to talking about them. Yeah. They'll return the stolen object to Cormac, but as he opens it, he'll find that the hidden object has been replaced. Um, Winston is attent intent on revenge, um, and, um, uh, he takes Yen to the dojo and asks him to supply him with weapons, and he starts assembling a team Team. One of these other people, uh, uh, Lou, um, the, one of the gun runners of the dojo owners, is harassed by the new Chinese mafia boss who is upset that there's a, uh, a Japanese dojo in Chinatown. And also she's going to quickly learn that the fa her father, who she, she thought was like a very respectable man, maybe has a little bit more. He took his dojo by force and didn't mm -hmm. uh, quite uh, tell his daughter everything. Um, there's also this character named the Adjudicator, who is a very important piece of the John Wick movies because she basically sort of, as her name implies, adjudicates on behalf of the high table. So we never like ever meet the high table ever, ever. Um, we just like basically oh, have serious. people. Okay. Yes. We have people who like represent them and she demands Cormac get back the hidden item, which is a coin press and the coin press. <laughs> Jess, Sorry. It's a coin press. <laughs> the reason this is important is that. This world doesn't often actually exchange real money. It exchanges coins in exchange for favors. So you could give a coin because you need a gun, or you could exchange a coin because you need to stay overnight at the hotel, or you could give a coin and you need somebody murdered. There's like no real value on a coin. A coin is worth a favor, basically, Jess, is what you need to know. And and Fran uh, Frankie stole the press in which to make these coins. So that's bad news for the Continental. So the twins are sent after Winston and the coin press. We also meet, um, I believe his name is Sharon, who is um, mm -hmm. uh, sort of this man who works at the uh, at the Continental. Um, we would know in the modern times, this is, uh, he's still in the movies. So uh, this is actually- Oh, so he, we knew he was gonna survive, got it. Yes, he is like the concierge of present, in present day John Wick movies. Unfortunately, he's played by Lance Reddick in the movies and Lance Reddick recently passed away. Oh. But, uh, yeah, but Sharon, oh, okay. uh, a great character. Um, he works the Continental, and he t when um, Cormac is like upset as sh that Sharon is like not doing his work, he kills Thomas, the hotel's cellist, and maybe the saddest moment. Devastating. Yes. Um, 
So Cormac sends men after Winston, and Winston winds up being captured by these men, but this was the plan all along. He and Sharon um, had this plan, um, but when um, he hesitates to shoot Cormac, Cormac gets away. Um, Cormac puts a bounty on Sharon and Winston's head, and this is a really big part of the Continental. Basically, when you have broken the law of the high table, a bounty is set on your head, and I don't know how effective this would have been other than that, like, okay, there's a big bounty. Set, but like in the movies, like when a bounty goes out in your head, like literally every assassin in the world. Oh, everyone's after you. He's trying to kill you. So, so you're dead. You're dead. Um, and this is like the thing here is that like Cormac's kind of like going against what he normally, like mm -hmm. what you should do to set the bounty. He's like, I don't care. I just want them dead. We'll never get the coin press back anyway. Um, they trap these two men. But ultimately, most of Winston's men end up uh, being um, Maisie. And this is another John Wick reference where um, she's the leader of the Bowery. And the Bowery um, in the um, in the movies, is put, the, the Bowery King is played by Lawrence Fishburne. And it's kind of like, mm. you know, um, the Bowery is basically like mostly like, um, what's the political, like bums, homeless people. Are, like these are people who might often end up being like live oh, in the Bowery. I and see. These are, and these are Maisie's... Um, men that they're like secretly pretending to be homeless people they're actually like killer assassins oh um, okay winston is caught again by someone named katie and we find out that she was her family was inside the home that winston had set fire to um before she can set him on fire she's shot and winston gets away okay there's a lot going on hansel one of the twins traps mm -hmm. miles who's one of the dojo people but there's this guy lemmy who saves him with a bomb through a mail shoot pretty cool um lou arrives to help miles fight hansel um and the little kid um there's a little kid that she saves from the chinese mafia boss he shoots uh hansel and helps them get away um in one of the i think coolest fights of the show yen fights gretel gretel and she gets stabbed in the hand, but ultimately oh. she wins by literally blowing up Gretel. So I think Yen wins. Epic. Absolutely yeah. epic. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk at about Yen because I have a lot to say on Yen. At this point, Cormac turns on the self-destruct protocol for the Continental. Winston and Sharon chase him, and Cormac reveals he knew that there was a family inside the building. Winston burned, and Katie, right behind him, shoots Cormac in the head. Um, Winston uses Cormac's literal hand, severed hand, to stop the self-destruct. Um, Winston tells Sean he can leave and live a normal life, and he says, no, this is my home. Therefore, that's why we see him in future John Wick. He's the yeah, concierge. Everyone has a drink, and they toast to Lemmy and Frankie. The adjudicator shows up and asks how he got all these men in the hotel. He says it was the coin press. I made a bunch of fake coins and got people in. Mm -hmm. um, I found it in the car he and Frankie grew up in, and ultimately Winston kills the adjudicator. And the impression at the end is that Winston is now in charge of the Continental. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know it's a very long plot recap. Uh, I always like to ask this, Jess, like uh, when I do these, like, what's mm-hmm. your headline? What's your biggest takeaway from the Continental? So my biggest takeaway was like, it took them far too long to tell us the importance of the coin press, <laughs> like literally up to the last moments for us to, for me at least to really understand yeah, I think this is for a non-John why Wick it mattered. Yeah. And yeah. so that was very difficult for me. I, the adjudicator, the entire time I was, I was most intrigued by just by, you know, because she has this mask on her face and like, what yeah. is the deal with that? She's so mysterious. And so she dies and I was like, Oh, just like that. Okay. So um, this is this is very much like John Wick, the franchise John Wick's like its strongest thing. It's not just that you have John Wick, but it's like he's awesome. And then he enters this world that it does such good world building. And I feel yeah. like the show slow, like the twins is a great example. I think they it seems silly, but it's just like every you you have to make these like people that in the movies John Wick encounters and in the show like Winston and his like crew of people assemble um, that they encounter. So like the twins are a great example. The adjudicator, like I think the aesthetic is amazing and awesome. Yeah. And so I think that that's like the sh- the movie's greatest strength. Like in the latest in the latest movie, there's like a blind assassin, and so mm-hmm. he like literally has like a walking cane, right? Oh, like a cane. Yeah. But he'll like be using it as he's like fighting and he's um yeah Yeah. right so they do a really good job of making like the enemies really distinct the people that like you encounter like they all have such a presence about them that i thought the show actually did a good job as we went along um building these up yes i would agree with that when it comes to the twins hansel and gretel like obviously Mm -hmm. their aesthetic the how weird um they are uh, down to the final fight between gretel and yen when like yen breaks gretel's leg and she's just like nah let me crack my neck boom acrobatics natural 20 on her legs again you know like that was incredible i feel like when the show was doing things that you'd expect an action thriller type show to do it did them well and i feel like where it lacked for me was in character development and like I felt like especially the first the first episode was extremely slow in terms of there weren't I, a ton of action-packed yeah. moments. And so I honestly thought we should pit. I was to- toying with you being like, maybe this isn't the show we first cover. Like, like, yeah, it, it the has first a episode name. was just it was it dragged so much for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was my biggest issue with it was I wasn't invested in the characters after one episode and like Frankie's death, which is supposed to be 
massive, right? It's your heart is supposed to break. And yet I didn't really feel that way because I barely knew Frankie. I barely, the only thing I will say, Grace, that like the reason I cared at all is because I thought Yen was so cool. She has, I think probably the best kills of anybody on the, on the show. She gets the, the, the iron, oh, the iron to the skull, just crush Like she was great. So like, that is the only reason I cared at all when Frankie dies. And so I think like the show just doesn't do a great job at making me care about these people. Like, especially when it's, it seems like it should be a no-brainer, right? We have, like, brother-sister. Like, we should be invested in them. Um, I wasn't particularly. I was really invested in the Porcello player who uh, who gets, yeah. you know, absolutely slaughtered and killed. And speaking of, he gets killed by Cormac O'Connor, who, I don't know, Mel Gibson didn't really do it for me, I have to say. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I do prefer a villain who is a bit, complicated who maybe sometimes you're like you feel bad for them or i think it has to be either one or the other they have to be um what is the black i'm i'm blanking on the name the, the villain in Maya? black panther oh um yeah oh man yeah uh, michael it. michael b jordan killmonger. Uh, killmonger thank you they have to be like a killmonger where you just feel so terrible for them and you don't want them to die or they have to be like evil madman genius like joker style and i didn't feel like cormac o'connor really hit at all for me as a villain like certain scenes sure but then we get to the final face off with him and winston and it was like nothing like it was the worst of the final fights i thought like he doesn't even get to kill him it's this girl kd who again i feel like another thing they they struggled with it with character development is like why did you wait till the final episode to tell us that she was like related to the family in the fire like this whole time we're like why does she care about frankie and winston why is she following them i could have used that information sooner for me to actually care about kd you know so first of all i have no problem with us being like mel gibson was maybe the worst part of this whole thing and i came into this knowing that like we're just we're just totally cool with Mel Gibson being. We're gonna have to talk about society. him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're just so just want to things. Great. First, first of all, I want to acknowledge like if you didn't watch the show or you're like, yeah, you, you know, uh, we feel you. I think we're on the same page. Yep. Sucks that Mel Gibson is in is such a prominent figure in the show, especially because the DNA of John Wick is like you. Keanu Reeves is the face of John Wick, and John Wick uh, Keanu Reeves is supposedly just like the nicest human being, and so it does. And I know like Mel Gibson here is like the big bad villain, but at the same time, I think it sucks. He's he said the amount of controversies he's had that are like, it, like he was anti-Semitic and uh, homophobic and racist. And it's like, uh, come on, man. When, gotta, when like, are we going to be done with him? Yeah. So, no, he's back. He's fully Especially back. because like, uh, not that I'm trying to justify anything, but he wasn't even good in this. So like, yeah. <laughs> we're really putting our neck out on the line for someone who isn't that yeah. good in this. Yeah. And domestic violence too. So just like tack him yeah. on. So. Yeah, I don't think we really need to actually talk about Cormac that much because I would agree. I actually do think part of what I thought was effective about this show was actually the slow teasing of information. It sucks that it's sort of on the back of Winston and Frankie, who I don't find the most compelling. Um, Jess, yeah. did you watch um, uh, 1890? Did you end up watching 1899? I did and not. You can say no. No. But the little boy in that is is uh, Boy Winston, and he keeps showing up and stuff. <laughs> I keep watching. This is like the most popular small British boy actor uh, on the scene right now is, uh, is this little, mm-hmm. this little guy who's playing, he might even be British in this show. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, I think it's tough because it's like built on Winston and Frankie. And I don't find them to be the most compelling. I thought that if we we're going to spend time in the John Wick world, I totally get the idea of like the Continental. Winston is the manager of the Continental. So let's see how he like basically gets there. But I, I feel like if you had have reframed this so it was like more about Yen than it was anybody else, yes. I feel like it's maybe more effective because yes. part of the thing about John Wick is that when we start, it's so sympathetic to his, to him and why he would want revenge. And while that's like the, the I think that the like missing piece is that like Winston needs to be like dragged back to, um to to new york right from england mm -hmm. to like even care about frankie and like i do think ultimately they get me into a good place but i do feel like i would not begrudge anybody who gave up on the show like an hour into that first episode because i think that it's like i don't know you know the picture of a horse where it's like really beautiful on one side and really ugly on the oh, other oh yes the you mean yeah i kind of feel like how I feel about the Continental show is it's like, take that, but it's like a, it's like a sandcastle and the bottom is terrible, but the top somehow is like beautiful. So yeah. Like how did finish, it get so nice at the top? <laughs> that's how I feel about this shit that I feel like by the time we get there, like the reveal with Katie was like, Oh, that's cool. And I actually like that. She's the one who kills Cormac because it's like, Yes, he obviously is is like evil, but it's like the little ways in which like he he killed himself basically. He got himself right. killed by his actions, right. right? By admitting not only he's the one who made you know Winston and Frankie do it, but he also yeah. knew there were people in there, and he did it on because he wanted them to be like hardened people right. and and traumatized by all of that. I don't. And then, it, and then like, it's the woman. It's like the kid in a family who like ends up killing him as a result yeah. of that. I wouldn't yeah. have minded if she was the killer if we got a better sequence to be honest between yeah. Winston and and uh, McCormick because I just I just felt like or excuse me uh O'Connor Cormac O'Connor uh, I yes. wish we had gotten a better fight sequence between them because I was spoiled like it was an embarrassment of riches when we had um it was uh Hansel and Gretel's fight with uh Lou Miles and and Yen and yeah. I felt like by the time we got to like what should be the the final boss you know like the big bad um, it was kind of like, you know, like I just so preferred the other fights, like to the point where, again, I thought that the final fights were really good for the most part. They were the most exciting sequences. Like, uh, you know, I might, yeah. I might nitpick and say when they have all the lights go out and suddenly everyone's dead, it's like, well, if I can't see the action, <laughs> what fun is that? That was like, there's no budget left. What if the lights go out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, what's yeah. interesting is that. John Wick is so known for its like really creative fight scenes. It's probably my favorite mm. thing. I can think of four fight scenes from the last movie that are extremely memorable. And I have to be honest, I often am like, I am not going to movies for action sequences. I'm just not, it's not what I'm, I'm like, give me yeah. a slow character drama. So the fact that like they stand out, if you're listening to this and you watch John Wick four, I'm thinking of um, the fight scene in Paris, uh, the, the stairs, the flamethrower, scene and um gosh there's one more that i'm already did i say the stairs the the fight scene in paris up the stairs flamethrower whatever maybe there's three but like mm -hmm. they're so memorable and so i thought that for the most part they did as good of a job as you can do while being a television show their budget is probably just less but i feel like there's a way that the john wick movie if they were doing like oh this is all in the dark that they would like choreograph that to be meaningful so like yeah. 
you know, candles and like, you know, flashlights or whatever that like you would be seeing, like just the way that the movies do it is like, it's, it's so well thought out every fight scene. Oh, the other one I'm thinking mm-hmm. is um, um, there's basically a, one where they're like, there's like mirrors and glass and it's the blind guy who's like mm-hmm. going through. So like four fight scenes from the last movie that I'm like, those are so memorable. Whereas I never feel like we like totally get there. We have moments. Like I do think like, um, Gretel blowing up was awesome. That was incredible. The the iron again. The iron. I'll, I'll never get over the iron yeah. to the head in the first one, a uh, first episode. Um, I I really did enjoy um when it was Hansel with the pool cue and the the pu- pool triangle thingy. Um, fighting the twin uh-huh. or the I don't know, are they twins or siblings? Um, fighting them like simultaneously, and then we get the little the little boy dropping the gun down it was very fun, and you know the way she. Kept is it and it was her father's gun so there's like meaning there um those those i thought were really well done um but again like like you said i being that i am not someone who frequently is watching action thriller type of movies you know the fact that i'm impressed by those things says a lot but yeah. of course i'm gonna harp on the fact that uh, it kind of means nothing if you're not invested in the characters that are fighting because you don't have a vested interest in like, oh, I hope so-and-so wins, you know? And I I felt like I kind of had that, but I also, it was more for the side characters than for the the characters that are front and center. Um, one of which we we have to talk about because I found him to be just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the the guy with the the sniper rifle hiding on the other you know on across yes. the street from the hotel and I, he was just so interesting that like he immediately kind of got my attention more so than most of the other characters yeah i'm trying to figure out this guy's name i i feel like i know the actor he said it like one well. time and i can't find it yeah um I'll, I'll pull it up as we're as we're chatting i did like him i liked him like he's basically like kidnapped this woman right but it's basically so that he can like sniper rifle from across the thing and somehow at the end of it jenkins yeah Um, (laughs) that somehow by the end of it um she's like you know i would like to go to the uh what is the the flower place what is this thing called um oh he wants to bring her to like botanical gardens botanical gardens because he's like you need some help with your plants actually and it was she's just like i've lived here forever and you know what i hate that hotel (laughs) yeah yeah, this is um this is Ray McKinnon who plays him, who's kind of just like been in a bunch of stuff and like you you might recognize him, you might you might not. Um I enjoyed him. The other one I thought we were gonna get more of, I think his character's name is Charlie. Um, and I'm just trying to pull up because he's a character in the movies, and so um but uh, he is, okay, so you just thought we'd see him more. The young version is played by Peter Green. Are you familiar with? Did you watch The Mask as a kid? This guy is like the bad guy in oh. the mask. And he scared yes. the crap out of me. Peter Green. Because he looks like an evil guy. Yeah, I'm so sorry that that's the way he looks. But I'm yeah, so he sorry. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he absolutely did scare the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah, so I was kind of hoping for more. He's only in one episode, though. Yeah, we didn't so. get to see much of him. Yeah, for me, I think the standout far and away is Yen. Um, because I would agree. She, she obviously has like the most emotionally deep story between you know her husband dying and at one point she's she's going to basically suicide bomb twins when she has kind of the the k c4 c4 uh-huh. i almost said k4 a strap to her body and it is i believe is it miles that has to talk her out of it um yeah. and so there's that i i and oh my god it's devastating when she she wakes up and like i think it's the second episode right 
and she mm -hmm. doesn't realize that like they had already like cremated right. Frankie's body and all of right. that and she's just like devastated she has like some of the best action action sequences and she gets a decent amount of backstory um mm -hmm. so I really liked Yen obviously like if we're looking at more like the sillier type of best characters I think you'd look at either the twins or or uh Jenkins because I, I anytime he was on screen I was giggling just because he's just like taking shots yeah, of the yeah. sniper rifle and casually having a conversation with so the woman funny. he has tied up in her living room you know so funny yeah I would agree that Yen is probably the best character who's in sort of the crew that Winston assembles like if you put together like Winston Lou Miles Lemmy um Sharon like I, I feel like Yen is the by far kind of the best i, I definitely that yeah. is definitely i think i think that the the like villains and people who they fight are pretty much on par with what i sort of expect from the movies it's kind of the cast of crew that's like our protagonist who i think it's it's probably the weakest element of the show for me yeah so i feel like that undercuts so much of the show if the people i'm like rooting for i'm like i'm like yeah give me more of the twins like i love that i love the twins so much um yeah yeah um yeah Maisie is in here she's like the bowery leader right who's like secretly getting these men to be in like winston's um um or not winston cormac's like bodyguard mm -hmm. folks um some of the you know some of the visuals in the show i actually did think were were pretty good like i do think the hand to stop the self-destruct like the way it's filmed and that like winston takes his hand away yes. and it's like it reveals that like it's the severed hand i thought was pretty pretty good and overall i thought that like when i like retell the story i actually think the story is pretty good but i feel like it doesn't like i can see we're on paper they're like, this is what we want to do. And they're like, that sounds amazing. Like you have the budget for like three films. You can go do it. We'll put it on Peacock. Good to go. And then it just sort of like never quite lives up to as good execution. as I think the story is. Yeah. yeah, it's the execution of like the idea of the story is great. But if you're not building the characters up the entire time and if you're not kind of executing it well enough, it's going to fall a little flat. And I think the biggest problem, their biggest problem probably is that the first episode was so flat. I feel like if yeah. you can't have your pilot episode be so flat because no one's going to stick around when it's an hour and a half, you're asking people to sit there for an hour and a half and wait till it gets good, which doesn't happen right away. So that I think is the biggest, biggest drawback that ends up happening with this show in particular. Um, but I do, we need to talk about the soundtrack. Um, so good. Because... Well, we obviously the show it takes place in the 70s so that is like a big yes. that's a big part of the environment of the soundtrack and i mean i love i i am a little bit of a um i don't know a simp for like classic rock music and like music from the 70s and 80s i just i really love it and so of course they they got me with a bunch of the needle drops you know because of course they were gonna get me uh they made some good money for some good songs so we'll say i think this is is it's a tr tremendous and maybe one of the best soundtracks to a show i've seen like the like in every episode multiple times you're like that's a banger that's a banger like uh we start with i'm pretty sure like the first song is like a donna summer song like i feel love but we're like santana is in here um uh, like zz top is in here james brown is in here black sabbath is in here uh like so it's good. so good jerry rafferty is in here um the final uh the who is like the last song that sort of plays as they're like 
reeling this baby o'reilly as they're like reeling from the um mm-hmm. from winston and katie like having killed cormac like it's it's really good the soundtrack is like really really well done yeah i mean they picked a good era <laughs> i think also to to have this take place in yeah. um but i will say we also we're gonna as we kind of watch these shows we're gonna talk about the theme songs if they have one this show does um, and I did feel like it was perfect for what they I were agree. aiming for. It is, it's so seventies, but at the same time, it's like heisty. Like it has this like heisty thriller seventies vibe, um, that I actually think it's a really good song. It's, which, you know, uh, your mileage may vary on how long you like your theme songs to be. I know some people are very pro, like, I need three seconds and that's it. I don't need them setting the stage. I don't need the vibes. And some people like the vibes. I think it's a great theme song. So we're starting off pretty strong. It's it's the best one, Grace, by far. <laughs> rank number one. I know ranking is arbitrary and reductive, but I firmly believe we should be ranking this one. And it's ranked number one. Yeah. I think for me, when we do this segment, it's not just the song. This is uh, Hard Times by Baby Huey. I think it's perfect. It, it does have that sort of like, it feels 70s. It does feel like the song is called Hard Times. Like it does fit it, but also the aesthetic of it. So I feel like a lot of shows, I get annoyed by the like, um, metaphorically something is coming together to create a thing. That's what I feel like so many shows have done. The Crown is one where it's like they're making the crown, right? Uh, yeah. Wheel, Rings of Power was like bits of sand. Um, Wheel of Time is like the wheat, right? There's a lot of these ones that are like uh, things are coming together to make the thing. Um, this one, I don't know. The aesthetic is so good. Um, I think it's like top notch. It's like sort of like, being painted and created and it's like changing colors Mm -hmm. and it's different like a snake pops out behind the like building and i don't know it's really it's really good really enticing and like yeah i I wasn't like tempted to skip it i would say it's like longer maybe than i need it to be but overall i still thought it was pretty good yeah yeah definitely agree with that um so it's currently number one we'll see how long it stays there it could get bumped Mm -hmm. out as soon as next week we don't know good um yeah so let's wrap things up with some superlatives. We've already talked through best character. It has to be Yen. I don't know that there's any other option even remotely close to Yen. Hmm, I mean, there is. I mean, the twins are pretty the great, twins. but no. Okay, I'll give it to I'll give it to Yen as well. Yeah. Yen has more emotional really stuff than the twins do. As as badass and as weird looking as the twins are, and no offense to them, but Hansel's haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I it's love so the moment stupid. when they get in the elevator and yeah. he just like looks at her. So good. <laughs> just silent. So good. Should we? Are we coming to consensus here? I mean, I think with this, the the um sound, the opening theme. I think we probably have to. We so have to have a definitive yeah. ranking. Here are like, can we? Can we differ in who we Why think not? the best? Okay, I, I yeah. still think I'll go with Yen, but um, yeah. yeah, in future episodes, I might not agree with you. No. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I think I'll, the coin I'll find press, some way to get over it. I think the coin press is the best. That's the best. Should we give out the best MacGuffin in each show? And the coin press <laughs> is certainly the MacGuffin of this show. <laughs> Why was it there? I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm like, why do they care about a going press uh-huh. this whole time? Um, best episode for me. I also think this is such an easy pick, and it was the final episode because that was the most action-packed yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's particularly close. I think for me, what I thought this show ultimately did very well is that the way that the story ultimately ended up culminating, I thought was very good. And I, again, I feel like as I, that, that metaphor about the sandcastles, that's like the bottom is so bad and Mm -hmm. the top is beautiful. I think that that's still 
true. So I think episode three is the best. That's so tough knowing that like you got to get through three hours of TV basically to get to that episode, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely the tough part. But yeah. the final episode was really good and actually kept me fairly interested, which I have to say, like the first episode didn't really. I, I totally agree. I felt like I was much more like, you know, it, we watch a lot of TV and, you know, I, I try so hard to make sure I'm being like the most honest viewer of like, I'm not checking something else. I'm not doing I'm trying to just like because we're going to recap it and I don't want to miss these things. Episode mm-hmm. one. I had such the like. Uh, it I was really hard to not look at my phone. Yeah. I got a message just and say like, I don't know if we should even be covering this. But then by yeah. episode three, I'm like watching the whole thing. I was pretty enamored. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other superlatives you can think to to give out this podcast for this show, Grace? Any continental specific ones? Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Especially for this one, I would love for if people are listening, if you're listening to us, we're gonna obviously do different shows each week. So you can, if you can think of like things that we could sort of like through line, like they'll be consistent yeah. each each Ooh, show. Mm-hmm. I can think of one for this specific show. Okay. Which was the best fight scene. Which did you, which did you like? Cause there were a couple that I think I, are in, in contention here. I think probably Yen and Gretel at the end, which ultimately blow, like she gets stabbed in the hand and then she blows up Gretel. I think that's probably the best fight scene in the, sh- in the show. But what would you, what do you think? I like that one, but I just, I could not ever stop thinking about the iron through the head uh, that Yen did. So uh, it was like, who even thinks of that? Like, I would think of like using it to knock someone out, not stabbing someone with it. But she was just like, I see an object, I stab and it worked. So yeah, it was pretty good. It's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is a thing that John Wick, like, I think it's probably its most famous thing is that it has really memorable action scenes. So do you think that's like, if that show did not land that, because I've seen mixed reviews on the show. I've seen ones in which people think it drags, it has moments that are good, um, but that like the show is kind of like inconsistent. And I've got people who's just like, no, I really liked it. It gave me pretty much everything I'm supposed to maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit more enamored by Winston and probably because they have history with Winston as a character for John Wick. So I feel like though, I I don't think I've seen anybody who's being like, this is actively bad for me. The one thing that is, here's an interesting thing that we could talk through because I think interestingly this week, we're talking about a show that dropped three episodes week to week to week. And then we we're coming in to cover it next week. We're going to be covering a show that drops all at once as a binge. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I love talking about the meta of TV and like, should the show have a dropped in a binge? Should it like anything you would have done to like change how the show? No, gets, like, I, one thing I think is like less episodes, just maybe. Oh, or, or no, more I episodes. think less. Sorry, more episodes. Sorry. Ma- more episodes, shorter time. Yeah. Uh, time. Uh, like yeah. same content, but this is a six episode or like whatever 10 episodes i agree yeah no i think i would do six i think i would break each one we saw into two and i think the only other thing that i would and i still think i would do it as i think i would do like two episodes a week you know so still same time amount of time so three weeks it takes to finish the whole thing two episodes at a clip but i also think and this is obviously getting into more of like a i would change this fully about it um, but I would definitely make more action in the in the beginning. I think they they not whatever the opposite opposite of front loaded back ended uh, the show mm-hmm. with two more action than was in the beginning. And I feel like if you're expecting people to buy in 
to a John Wick television show. And John Wick is like a very famous action movie that is, yeah. as you said, like really all about the interesting and different types of choreography in these fights. Yeah. I think you have to start with that more because you need to get people yeah. invested. And I think it's tough to do that. And that's why I don't, I don't mind. I know a lot of streaming companies like to do the start with three episodes first, right? Uh, the show you're covering, um, Our Flag Means Death just did it. Uh, to me, it makes sense. You're really getting the audience to buy in. But like, you got to give me some more action if that's what you're promising at the front. You know, I a lot of people, the, the biggest comment of the show was actually the opening fight scene. I think a lot of people like that. So it's kind of interesting because I feel like the, sh the episode, the show, it drags so much that I felt like for me, there wasn't any like tension or stakes to that opening fight scene because I didn't know anybody. So yes, even exactly. if it was good, I, I didn't love it. But I do think it was interesting for them to try this. It's very interesting to think that it was three weeks the way it was advertised just was like night one night two night three and then the episodes do have titles but that's the way it was like built so a lot of recaps mm -hmm. you'll see is like night one even though it was like every thursday i think it was dropping on peacock right. we don't have peacock in canada so it, it dropped on amazon prime on fridays in in ah, canada gotcha. okay yeah but i actually i think it's interesting to have like on one hand i think like yeah i might like make yeah like six episodes trim them uh, like every you know put some of the content into to other episodes but at the same time i don't kind of mind this idea of like here's three movies each friday is is pretty interesting netflix just did a thing with um uh wes anderson's doing a bunch of roll doll things and they basically like four days in a row released like a new movie um, oh interesting. like a short film so i don't know it's just like there's no consistent way in which tv shows get dropped these yep. days yes so yeah anyway yeah um all right should we tell the people what's next Let's do it. I'm very week. excited about next week's show. I'm yeah. a little scared. <laughs> yeah, are you a horror person? It is spooky season. <laughs> um, I will say, as I've become an adult, I have opened myself up to more scary content. I went to see uh, Megan in theaters when that came yeah. out, which mm -hmm. I loved. I'm I am much you're, more of a slasher fan. Than yeah, you're currently hosting. What is spooky Thursdays? What is uh, no, it's terrifying Thursdays, which yeah. also isn't uh alliterative, no, but close enough. it's hard to do it with Thursday, you know, thirsty uh -huh. Thursday. No, that just means you want to drink or you are want yeah. people to have sex with. It's not the same yeah. thing, anyway. Um, yeah, if you're I'm a patron, hosting, yeah, yeah, if you're a patron yeah. in the patron discord, push slash patreon. If you want to uh join, uh, we're doing every Thursday, we are doing a different genre of scary movie and we vote every week so this past week uh the first thing we did was slasher movie um i didn't want to do scream because we i know there are other people who wanted to host like full-on screen marathons so yeah. i left that one out of uh, the options were halloween friday the 13th a nightmare on elm street and child's play and we ended up watching uh jamie lee curtis in the 1978 film halloween which i really enjoyed like yeah. i actually i really do like a slasher movie i think they're not as scary as they are funny to me um uh next week we're doing vampire movies and buffy the vampire slayer is currently in the lead but twilight mm. is creeping up on it because people love Fun. sparkly vampires <laughs> um did you know that i'm doing um a scream marathon uh this weekend I'm are you my, really yeah i'm just gonna be in my house going ah, ah <laughs> i'm sure your neighbor is so ah. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah you thought it was thanksgiving weekend in canada no it's screams giving weekend in canada should say uh, this past weekend i just totally gave away when i recorded this podcast. oh my how dare you tell them we oh, recorded it a little treat a little treat if you join us later trick or treat. <laughs> <A little> trick <laughs> or treat. um yeah. but yeah next week the reason i'm scared is because we are going to be covering the fall of the house of usher yeah and no it is not the confessions oh. usher like we all thought <laughs> 
Um, it is a mini series on Netflix. It's going to drop all eight episodes on October 12th next week. Uh, and it is uh, from what from some slight Googling, it seems like an Edgar Allan Poe situation it is based on a short story. And then this is Mike Flanagan. This is part of the Mike Flanagan verse. So we're going to have some guests. You might you might be familiar with them if you mm -hmm. listen to any Mike Flanagan coverage here on Netflix. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one. I think Mike Flanagan is a bit of a horror genius. My favorite uh, was Midnight Mass. I thought it was so good. There's rumors that he was leaving Netflix. Uh, I can't remember. And then, I, you know, they canceled. um did I say Midnight Mass? I think that's the the, the Midnight Club was the one I didn't ah, really okay. like, which was his last one. It got canceled. He did the best thing ever, Jess. Did you see what he when they canceled Midnight Club? He released this is what the story would have been. This is what I was. Oh, thinking. we yeah. love when people do that. It's so good. So it's I'm so excited. awful yeah. when things end on a cliffhanger and you're like, but what would have happened? Yeah. So I'm very excited for the yeah. fall of the House of Usher. And of course, yeah, we'll be joined by the Flanagan experts next week. Yeah. So that should be yeah. super fun. Of course, I'm going to reiterate, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Posterrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps, where you can search full spoiler recaps, poster recaps in your podcatcher of choice. Give us five stars. It helps us in the ratings. We're trying a new thing, everyone. We're trying a new yeah. thing. We're going to binge the shows so either you don't have to, or if you do, you have people who binge them with you to talk about them in your little earbuds, in your ears, when you're on a little walk, maybe. Um, um, you yeah. should recommend us things to cover if you're just listening. Like, uh, yes. Again, like shows that aren't otherwise being covered on post-show recaps. So shows that drop in a binge are really good, especially if you think about shows that like it doesn't feel like a you know like there's i think there's an archetype a little bit to post your recap shit like we love shows like if if you are in any way similar to lost we're probably covering it on post <laughs> recap we have right? a type <laughs> right uh, yeah that's true yeah. especially even if it's like oh season three of a show yeah. is coming out that's fine you know tell us about we'll, it we we'll, have a we'll back link in the yeah. show notes as well so you could go click that little form and let us know what you want us to cover um, and don't forget to also check out all the other coverage we have on Posher Recaps at PosherRecaps.com slash subscribe. Um, I think that's about all we have. You could follow me at the Jess Sterling on Twitter. I'm over here on Posher Recaps covering Community, which just ended forever. It's so sad. Well, um, I'm no, there's billions. a movie coming. Well, uh, six seasons in a movie. We're crossing all our fingers that it's going to actually happen. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the strike messed up many things. Um yeah. I'm also covering Billions with Josh. And then over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, Sarah and I are wrapping up our 90s coverage on Dawson's Creek. We are currently covering Freaks and Geeks two episodes at a time. Mm. And very soon we're going to be starting Felicity. So I'm really excited Good. for all of that. If you want to check that out at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Grace, what about you? Yeah, Philly and I are thinking about Rome every single day. It's the fall of Rome. So every weekday in October, we are recapping an episode of HBO's Rome. That's been very fun. I'm um, also covering Tales from the Loop with Rich and uh, Ariel as well. Aaron and I are talking about movies and the morning show. Talking about our flag means death. It just dropped, as you mentioned, its first three episodes. Two episodes a week until the week when they drop the finale. And it's just the one episode. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm on social at High from Grace or at Go for Grace incredible we will be back in just a week covering the fall of the house of usher so stay tuned everybody we will talk to you all next time goodbye with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.